Hello, this is Angela Schaefers, the host of Your Story Matters radio show. Today we have a very special guest, J.J. Hebert. He is the author of Unconventional and the founder of Mindster Media Publishing. He will be sharing not only his tips on success and his journey into entrepreneurship, but some of his very own story that helped him to get to the place where he is today. Welcome, J.J. Hi, Angela. Great, great to be here today. Thank you for joining us and for being willing to share some of your story and some thoughts on what you've learned along your journey. Uh, when I first read your book, Unconventional, I was just really taken aback by the quality of it, the depth of the story, and just the excitement throughout the pages as you drew the reader into really wanting to read more. And I don't say that lightly because I really am a nonfiction reader, and I know your mm -hmm. book is fiction, and it was really one that caught my attention and helped me stay captive. But before we talk about unconventional and how you got to that part of your life as far as wanting to be an author and a writer, can you share a little bit of your past experiences and your background, if you will, to kind of give the listeners an idea of where you've come from? Sure, absolutely. I would, I would love to do that. Um, well, I really, I would say back in high school, I started, I started writing, um, poetry and I spoke to enough, um, English, English, uh, teachers and they, you know, they they read, they read my work and they felt that, you know, I had something there. Um, so I kind of pursued poetry for a while and, um, was never able to get any of my poetry published. And, uh, you know, I was kind of devastated about that because I felt that that was my path, um, but with with most uh, with most things in life, um, you know, God has God has another plan or, or a better plan for you, and um, he kind of just he led the way. And uh, so you know, the rejections, you know, my poetry rejections turned into a desire to maybe you know work at writing a novel instead. Mm -hmm. And um, I'd always had the desire to write to write novels. Uh, it was just kind of an overwhelming thought, you know, to write hundred thousand words or so, you know. Right. It's a little bit different than writing a few pages here or there, you know, in a poetry book. Um, but I was I was also very naive. I think I was about eighteen or nineteen. Um, and so, thank goodness I was naive because if I knew what I was up against, I probably would have never started writing novels either. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Good point. <laughs> right. So. Um, so I kind of, uh, I just started, started writing one novel. It was a fantasy adventure novel called Defiance Rising. And, uh, thankfully there was actually an editor right down the road from me. Um, and he kind of took me under his wing and, um, showed me everything that he knew and was, was just treating me really, really well with a lot of respect. And, um, he was definitely my, um, my mentor in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, he worked with me on Defiance Rising. I went through seven drafts. <laughs> And I uh, really learned how to write, um, how to write well and, and properly, and you know what to avoid, what mm -hmm. works and what doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, Defiance Rising ended up being you know a decent story, you know, pretty good for a first novel. Mm -hmm. um, it's still in the drawer, <laughs> mm -hmm. so uh, you know I might bring it out someday. Um, but I think the thing that I realized was that Defiance Rising was just a stepping stone mm -hmm. into something greater. Mm -hmm. And you know, I had a I had a new story, you know, placed on my heart, and it was time to time to start writing unconventional. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you know, with Defiance Rising, seven drafts, I'd written almost a million words. Mm -hmm. So I really, I was I was ready to go. I was mm -hmm. ready to work on unconventional and tell um, a story that was loosely based on my life, actually. Mm -hmm. And you know, I don't 
I don't put that out there very often, you know, just because it's a very, it's a very personal story. Mm-hmm. Um, I did publish it as fiction, and most of it, I'd say, is fictional. But obviously, you know, a writer will draw from, you know, his or her own experiences, and I certainly did that. So I, I actually was a janitor for a period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, I think for about three years, I worked at the school, you know, cleaning and, uh, you know, mopping floors, sweeping floors, and, you know, doing the whole thing. And uh, that really drove me to do something um, different different with my life because I really, I really did not enjoy, you know, doing janitorial work. Mm-hmm. I know, I know, for some people, you know, works great, and and um, you know, certainly don't want to look down on that profession. Um, some people are are thrilled with just having jobs at this point. Exactly. Um, but for me, it just it wasn't working, and it was time to follow my passion um, a little bit more seriously. So I mm-hmm. I wrote, I was writing, you know, all throughout my time, you know, you know, doing janitorial work, but it was, it was just time to, to work at it a little bit, a little bit harder, a little bit more aggressively. So I wrote unconventional while I was doing janitorial work and mm-hmm. um, just kind of, kind of used my, ex- my experiences in, in the story, uh, unconventional, mm-hmm. um, which, which kind of became my story, you know, mm-hmm. and I was able to, you know, fill those pages with some of my own frustrations, some of what I saw from society and just come, some of the, um, you know, negative comments and, and, you know, from society you know, aimed at people who are perceived as lesser than or, you know, inferior mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. based on, based on, you know, what you do for a living. And that really became one of the, one of the central themes uh, of Unconventional was just, you know, don't judge a book by its cover. I know it's cliche, but that really became one of the, one of the themes in Unconventional mm-hmm. and um, just kind of like an underdog story. Mm-hmm. I love um, that you um, took some of your own story and shared some of that. I had no idea and of course, anyone who's read the book or is going to read the book after today's interview will ask, "What about the girl?" Right, right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's 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 a big one. That's a big question. Yeah, um, the girl. Um, I would say some of some of the character Lee was loosely based on someone that was close to me for a period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was careful with what I wanted to share with it, you know with any of that. But you know, out of respect, I, I don't get into it. You know, too much detail. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that person is no longer in my life. Um, but really, really, that person person was a blessing in my life. Um, really, I think God used that person to, you know, get me to where I needed to be. And I think He also used me in her life. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's one of those things you just you just move on, mm-hmm. and you know, learn learn from the experience, and just try to be you know thankful and uh, you know show God gratitude for for what he was able to accomplish through, through, you know, her and I. So, mm-hmm. um, I think that's wonderful because that's really what your story matters. Radio show is all about is pulling mm-hmm. out these stories and the nuggets of wisdom, uh, from our experiences. And they can in fact involve other people or our careers or, you know, our life at home with family. And so that's really critical, um, for you to be sharing that at this juncture to let everyone know that, there's so much that you could take and do with your story and in turn, even if it turns into some sort of fiction or some other way of sharing it through art or music, there is always a message in that if you look for it. Absolutely. And I think, I think some writers out there, some aspiring authors or writers will look, look at themselves and, you know, they're trying to figure out, okay, what can I, what can I say, you know, to the world? And some, some folks think they need some, some sort of, you know, amazing, um, a profound life story, and that's just not always the case. I think you can find something amazing and miraculous in all, in every in everyday life. And, I agree. Mm-hmm. And that's really 
that's really what I focused on. Um, obviously, James Frost in, in the in the book Unconventional was definitely trying for something a little bit bigger than than some people go for. Mm-hmm. Was trying to be become a published author. You know, at the same time here he's mopping floors, and mm-hmm. so it's kind of a con- kind of a contradiction. And you know, quite a few people in his life, you know, didn't agree with it, and and they made sure to let him know mm-hmm. that they felt he was wasting his his time, his life, and and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I think I think James Frost really is an example of the underdog who is willing to uh, pursue his dream um, no matter what, no matter what anyone says, you know, it just really doesn't matter, mm-hmm. you know, what, what anyone else says, if it's in your heart and you truly believe it's, you know, it's what you need to do and it's your purpose in life, then you have to go for it. Absolutely. And, um, and we really, the reader follows James Frost on his journey to publication. You know, he, James Frost finds love along the way. He finds God. Um, it really is a spiritual journey for James mm-hmm. Frost. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, a lot of commentary or a lot of a lot of points made toward toward society and just how society treats um those who are perceived as inferior mm-hmm. based on based on what they do. And I really wanted to I really want to, you know, make people, you know, stop and listen, stop and think, you know, about about that because I think a lot of a lot of people, especially in the United States, you know, one of the first questions that most people ask is, you know, what do you do? What do you do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um and the answer is always, well, you know, I'm an architect, I, I'm a, uh, you know, I'm a physician, I'm, I'm this, I'm that. And really, you know, the job or the work in, um, the field of work in the United States for people is what defines us mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And I think that's unfortunate because really our job or our work, I, you know, I don't think it really defines us. I think I think it's part of who we are, but I think we're so much more than just what we do for work. Exactly, and I think it's a shame that we don't go around asking each other, who are you? It's always, exactly. what do you do, as you pointed out. And I want to go back just a little bit, because I know that you have a strong influence from your father and a pretty close family unit. Can you share with the audience some of that history you're growing up or some of the other things along the way that helped inspire you to write and to take that chance of really putting yourself out there and publishing something and going further with some of these thoughts in your mind and actually putting them on paper? Absolutely. I grew up in a, in a very supportive family. Um, it was fractured as far as, you know, there was a divorce involved. Um, but both, both of my, you know, both my mother and father were very supportive with my creativity, never, never put me down or, or thought that I was, you know, <laughs> wasting my time. Um, it was always, you know, very uplifting and, you know, you should definitely go for it. And, um, so it was nice to have supportive, supportive parents, um, in that sense, I think very important also for anyone who's creative, you know, for family members to look at you and, and, and support you. And it really was, really was just a matter of, um, you know, just pursuing it as hard, as hard as I could and having that, that family support behind me. Mm-hmm. My dad, um, especially has always been always been a dreamer. And, um, and I say that in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Um, he's always, always able to look ahead. Mm-hmm. And, um, my father also has, you know, a tremendous amount of faith. He's overcome a lot, um, in his life. And, you know, obviously, you know, as, as a, as a guy, I've, I'm closer to my, closer to my dad than I am my mother in, mm-hmm. in some ways, just naturally. And so I saw him and, um, his, his battles through life. And it just, um, it helped me to understand or, or believe that that I could do something bigger, that I could overcome pretty much anything as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, no matter what what life threw at me, I was I was going to to get that book published. I was going to you know 
be able to spread unconventional to the world and it was going to make some sort of impact. And, and, you know, I remember having a conversation with my dad before unconventional was, was released and just, you know, telling him that, you know, if this, if this affects one, one person's life, if it inspires one person, then I'll be happy camper. Mm-hmm. And, um, then it'll be, it'll be worth it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, the response has just been through the roof. That's <laughs> I mean, I couldn't awesome. have, couldn't have asked for anything for anything better. You know, just the lives that have that have been impacted, and um, it really all stems or you know goes back to you know my pursuing you know a dream that there were days you know I I absolutely doubted it. You know, I think anyone goes through those doubts, mm-hmm. and but I just I kept at it, and I think sometimes that's all we need to do. You know, when, when the times are, are really difficult, I think all you need to do is just, you know, persevere. And, you know, obviously you need you need some sort of talent behind that, but you don't need to be the best writer. You don't need to be the, the best musician uh, or the best artist out there. You know, sometimes you just need to be the most, uh, most persistent. And, exactly. Um, I agree with that 100%. And I'm definitely glad that you have been persistent in your writing and in creating your publishing company to take it a step further. And I think that's important for people to understand is that before you launch something or venture out to do whatever it is that your dream is, you need to really look at who you're trying to benefit and what you're trying to get as far as the outcome. And I think it's very valuable if you affect just one person. That's so amazing because people matter and lives matter. And we never know when something we've said or done can really have a positive effect on others and create change for them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I've actually, I mean, I've received emails from, from atheists, you know, um, and ob- obviously my book, um, you know, just, just by reading the back cover, you'll, you'll notice that it is, it is Christian fiction or it is inspirational fiction. Mm-hmm. So I've had, I've had all sorts of folks email me and just, you know, tell me how it's touched, touched their lives. And I've, I've had atheists um, contact me, you know, I'm just, you know, they respect the book. They, they enjoyed it as a, you know, as, as an underdog story. It inspired them, you mm-hmm. know, to pursue something, pursue something bigger in their, in their life. So I tried, tried to write a book that um, wasn't, you know, overly preachy as well as I wanted mm-hmm. to reach, wanted to reach a broader audience. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I just, I think everyone needs some sort of inspirational story, you know, to, uh, to kind of motivate them. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I was hoping that would, you know, that would be unconventional. And so far, for quite a few people, it has been. So I, yeah. I really do feel blessed to be in the position I'm in. Mm-hmm. And um, and I agree. I thought the book was very well written. It didn't come off as being preachy or, you know, laced with so much Christianity or prosthesizing that you would just want to put it down if you didn't think or feel that way or you weren't curious. But it was written in a way, really, that was from the heart. It sounded just like you were talking to your neighbor or your friend, and I think those are often the best books and any or other sort of media to get across to a lot of people because it's just one person to another sharing information and sharing a story. Absolutely. So how did that lead into starting Mindster Media Publishing? Well, I started Mindster Media, say, back in 2009 um, because of the, the idea initially um, was to you know, publish my own book, and then you know, depending on how successful that was, open the doors um, to others, and you know, help them do do the same thing that I've done. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, unconventional started off slowly, and then and then all of a sudden, you know, with all all the, all the social media that I'm into and all the, all the online marketing 
um, I was utilizing, all of a sudden um, started to really create waves on Amazon.com mm-hmm. and became a um, bestseller on Amazon. I think it was ranked 800 or so overall. I think there's about six or seven million books on Amazon. Mm-hmm. So it was ranked below a thousand out of all those books, and wow. so it really created a lot of a lot of attention for unconventional. Mm-hmm. And that was the, that was the paperback version, and then I um, a few months later I released uh, the Kindle version of Unconventional, and I really didn't know what I was doing at the time. I had never obviously never released a, an ebook at that point, mm-hmm. but I knew that that was the new wave in publishing, so I had I had to do it and I had to pursue it hard. Mm-hmm. And so I released the Kindle version, and not long after that, I think that was actually in July of last year. July of last year, it it became ended up being number one in several categories on on Amazon, and I think it was ranked number 100 or 102 or something overall in, in the Kindle store. And so it just it just took off, and to date, I've you know sold thousands of copies and and reached a lot of people with unconventional. And at that point, um, it was time to you know, pursue my original idea, which was to open the doors of Mindster Media to other authors and help them pursue their dreams as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had everything in place, so you know, it was just time to share to share my my knowledge and make it happen for others too. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. What was it that made you decide to self-publish? Well, at that point, it was self-publishing, and now you've turned this into a full publishing house, versus trying to get another publisher or submit your manuscript elsewhere. Right. Yeah, Mindster Media is not a traditional publisher. Um, it's a, a self-publishing company. So we help um, authors self-publish and distribute their books worldwide. So, you know, that's that's working out really well and, you know, helping others, you know, do the same thing that I did, only kind of create a, a, uh, an easier process for them so they don't have to go and find the distributors, find the, find the printers and, and all that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to go back, you know, t- to my story, um, self-publishing initially didn't seem like the best option for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was pursuing agents. Um, I sent out lots of query letters, received lots, lots of rejections, was finally able to land an agent and he was responsible for uh, discovering Ted Decker and Frank Peretti. And uh, those are two pretty well-known um, Christian fiction authors, mm-hmm. New York Times bestsellers, I believe. And so this, this fellow, um, the agent I had at that time, um, you know, took me on. He, he really, you know, he saw something unconventional. And unfortunately, that, that relation, that business relationship didn't, didn't last long. He had some, you know, personal, personal um, family issues that he had to, had to tend to. So... Mm-hmm. It was was one of those things where you know we felt it was best you know not to not to you know hold unconventional back you know really need to be be out there in the public and you know he just wasn't going to be able to do what he needed to do for me mm-hmm. and I I absolutely respect him as a person he's a great guy um, so we we ended it you know out of respect for each other I think the best way to put it mm-hmm. and um, so at that point I was kind of kind of lost and it was like okay you know I took about two years I, I believe to, to find an agent find the right agent because you don't, you don't want to work with someone who isn't who isn't enthusiastic about your work right mm-hmm. um, you want you want someone who is in love with your work and mm-hmm. truly believes in your work as much as you do mm-hmm. and you know I felt that I felt that you know he was he was that person and he was it just didn't didn't work out the way we had expected it to so at that point I spoke to a few of my friends spoke to um, an individual who critiqued my work um, she was she's an award-winning author and you know she, she had read it and critiqued it and uh, just asked as her for her advice, and I think I had mentioned self-publishing to her, and she, and she felt that that would be 
um, a good way to handle it. And um, you know, at that point, there was there was some stigma attached to self-publishing. Sometimes, you know, folks still still look down on self-publishing. It just depends on the quality of the writing. Mm-hmm. But she was saying, you know, go for it. You know, you have the tools. You you are involved in social media. You understand marketing. Mm-hmm. You understand all of this. So you you of all people can do this. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, I looked around and, you know, found found the right printer, found the right distributors, you know, set it all up for myself. You know, obviously, it was a very time-consuming process, mm-hmm. and it took a great deal of, of research. Um, that was when I started Mindster Media and, and moved forward with self-publishing, and um, thank goodness I did. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so really, it really has been a self-publishing success story, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm definitely proud of that because I think that, you know, there are a lot of self-published authors out there who are constantly battling this, uh, you know, the negativity um, surrounding self-publishing. And mm-hmm. I think it's—I don't think it's as 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 strong as it used to be. I think um, the negativity is, has definitely settled down mm-hmm. um, because because of the the other success stories. There are a lot of self-publishing success stories, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, mine being one of them. And I just think that um, as long as you have a fantastic book, then it really doesn't matter how you publish it. Right it'll reach its audience and it mm-hmm. will be a powerful, it will be a powerful book mm-hmm. For, mm-hmm. For, for the readers. And it really always comes down to the book itself, the product. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have, I mean, you can have a, you can have a good book <laughs> and, you know, have a, you know, traditional publisher pick it up and it's published and, you know, sell a thousand copies and then you're dropped, you know, from, from that publisher's list. And you can have a you know, good book and self publish it and, and it does okay. Maybe you sell two or 300 copies or something. Mm-hmm. But you really, really need to just put out your best work, and you know, and hopefully it's hopefully it's a great book, and mm-hmm. a great book will always, like I said, will always find its audience, will always, will always do well. Mm-hmm. And um, I agree with that, and I think there's so many options out there, and you and I have discussed before the, just the maze of confusion when it comes to people trying to get their stories out there, their messages, their books, and so mm-hmm. I am glad to see uh, more companies as like Meister Media Publishing come out and do things that really help others to get their product out there in an affordable and easy manner. It's just so necessary these days because there's tons of stuff going on and not always the right companies or individuals um, to work with because you might, you know, spend a lot of money and not get really the product or the services you were promised. Yeah, there are a lot of, you know, different companies out there, obviously a lot of choices and I think it's really just up to the author, you know, to go with, you know, who they who they trust and who they feel, you know, will give them the best best chance for success. Mm-hmm. Makes and sense. Um, with traditional publishing, um, and I think a lot of people probably already know this, but I think there are probably a few listeners who who don't who have not been through the the process of trying to get a, get a book published traditionally. Most traditional publishers will not look at unsolicited material. Mm-hmm. So unless you go through a literary agent. Um, the major publishers will not look at at the book. Will not look at your work. Will, right. They won't even consider it. Mm-hmm. And so the the agent is a necessary piece of of the puzzle when it comes to traditional publishing. Mm-hmm. With self publishing, um, you can basically bypass the literary agent altogether. Mm-hmm. And obviously that that's caused an uproar in the publishing world because some people perceive it as almost a shortcut. Mm-hmm. And I think the people that perceive it as a shortcut don't fully understand self-publishing. And self-publishing is not a shortcut. It might be a faster route to actual publication, mm-hmm. but the work is overwhelming. Mm-hmm. When you put your book out there, you have to do all of the work. Mm-hmm. 
And I think a lot of the folks um, out there don't understand that. And um, you know, I've spent countless hours marketing my book, putting it out there. there there's no, you know, there was no marketing team behind behind Unconventional. There was no um, no sales force behind Unconventional. It was it was all me. So there's really no shortcut there. Mm-hmm. Um, you really have to you have to be in it for the long haul. You have to be willing to, to bleed for it, you know? Right. And, um, and you've I got to believe in your story. Goes back, exactly. Believe in your story and look at, before you go out and venture out on all this, what is your message and then what sort of commitment are you willing to put forth to get your message out there? Financially, time-wise, uh, the effort you can put into it, etc. There's just so many dynamics to it. And I want to touch on a couple things that you talked about because we've had several successful entrepreneurs on your Story Matters radio show and you had talked about learning different things to figure out how to do all this. You didn't know some of these things, but you learned them along the way. And of course, you mentioned having waited, you know, for the right opportunity to publish your book or to, you know, take that situation with the one publisher or agent you were working with and then turn it around to figure out, okay, I just have to do something else now. So can you talk a little bit to the audience about those types of things? What helped you to keep learning and to stay motivated and to continue on this path to pursue your dream? Well, I think um, the worst thing you can do is have a closed mind. Mm -hmm. You've got to have an open mind when it comes to your dream and you have to be willing to adapt if you're not willing to adapt, chances are you're probably going to sink because, um, you know, especially in this world, as we all know, things don't usually go as planned. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, in fact, most of the time they don't go as planned. So you have to, ha- you have to be um, a person that's willing to adapt mm-hmm. in any situation. Mm-hmm. And so I was willing to adapt, even when it hurt, you know. Um, and, th- and there's a lot of pain in adapting or, or, and also in change mm-hmm. and, you know, for most of us. And um you know, with with the agent situation, there there was a lot of pain in, in there. You know, because I I felt all along that once I get an agent, everything would be solved. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt that you know, once I get an agent, and you saw just how amazing the book was, you know, that that he would somehow have some magical you know connection, and magically the book would you know appear, you know, with Harper Collins or some major publisher. But it just you know, it didn't work that way for me. Right. So I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna back off. I was not going to just roll over and die. You know, mm-hmm. with with this idea, it, it was. I was gonna continue to pursue it as mm-hmm. hard as I possibly could, and I wasn't going to wait. And so I adapted. I scrapped the idea of an agent at that time and just pursued it myself you know, with self-publishing. And you know, for some people, that's that's the right way. For some people, it isn't. Mm-hmm. It just depends on on what your story is and what your path is in life. And you really have to really have to follow your heart. And I know once again, once again, that's kind of a cliche statement, but for me, that's, that's how I operate. You know, mm-hmm. I work with, work with what my heart's saying and, and also, you know, where I feel God is leading me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with, with those two, with those two parts of my life, you know, that's, that's really how I operate. And so I just, I felt led, you know, into self-publishing and that's what I did. I was, I was willing to adapt, willing, willing to have an open mind, It's a very good point. I mean, I know there's a lot of people out there who really have to question those things as far as, okay, if a bump in the road comes along, how do we know when it means just ride over the bump or just take a whole different path and give up on something but pursue something else? 
what do you have to say to listeners about that? Because I know you've already mentioned, and, and I believe in that too, that we all have a particular purpose and a message, if you will, that we're supposed to be sharing and how we're supposed to be living our life. For me, it was a mountain in the road. Um, definitely, it just wasn't a bump. It was a mountain. It was Mount Everest mm-hmm. in the middle of my in the middle of my road, and I was just going to keep keep going, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know, no matter what, and I knew there would be pain involved. I knew I knew the storms would would come, and I knew that storms would go, mm-hmm. and I knew that you know I knew they would pass. And so it's just a matter of, of keeping the faith on on certain days, you know, when you, when, you, when I felt like giving up. So, is there another book in the works? There is another book in the works. I've I've been taking my time on Saving Dad, and I'm not sure I'm not sure the release date at this point because I am deeply involved with Mindster Media, but writing obviously is still my passion, and I'm going to continue to pursue that. Right now, I'm focusing more on you know helping others to pursue their dreams through writing and, mm-hmm. and publishing. Can you tell the listeners where they could find your current book, Unconventional, and how to find out more about Mindster Media Publishing? Sure. Um, unconventional, you can buy at um, Amazon.com. Simply go to Amazon.com and search for Unconventional. It should be the first first result. And so you can purchase it there. You can purchase it uh, through Barnes & Noble. If they don't have it in stock, you can request it, and they'll, they'll, um, they'll bring it over for you. Uh, they'll order it for you. And you can also visit my official website at jjhebert at, uh, excuse me, jjhebert.net. So that's www.jjhebert.net. And all the links are there to purchase my book. And for Mindster Media, um, the self-publishing company that I run, the website is www.mindstermedia.com. So that's M-I-N-D-S-T-I-R media.com. Thank you for sharing today, JJ, for sharing a bit of your story and some great tips and information for people who are contemplating or have written a story or book and want to share it. And I really wish you the best in all your endeavors. And hopefully when the next book is out and ready to go, you'll be willing to be back on the show and share some of Saving Dad. Absolutely. I would love to be on the show again. Thank you very much for having me, Angela.